0: and if anybody else shows up, I know on this, if anybody else is like me, I thought I had plenty of time, and then I got outside, and I couldn't get the ice off my windows forever. I got a Dang, I'm barely going to make it, so anyway, all right, let me pray. we we'll start. Father, we're thankful for um, you and just the opportunity to get together this morning. Thankful that your mercies are new every morning, and, and that we get to know your son, and, and walk in him, and pray that you just be honored as we speak this morning, look at your word, and um, just that your son would be exalted. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right, so it's bright and early on a cold winter morning, so here's the question I'm going to start us off with. You guys ready? Um, what, is, what is a good definition of God's will? You can use Grudem's definition if you want, but what's a good definition of, of the will of God. Anyone? Is it, is it God's inner disposition to glorify Himself? <coughs> okay, I, I can see how you could get there. Anybody else? Is there anything that's meant mi- you to You want to read Grooms? Go sure. ahead.
1: Uh, God's will is that attribute of God whereby he approves and determines to
0: bring about every action necessary for the existence and activity of himself and of all creation. Okay. And and Keaton hinted at part of that, the idea that he's approving and bringing about stuff that's as for his as glory. You give the end of his will. What what you probably left out is the idea that he He, he, he determines to bring about every action Right and/or uh, activity that's necessary for the existence um, of everything. So there's, there's there's parts in the sense that God has determined to do something. He's approved of certain things, right? We, if we say that He's approved of actions He's going to engage in, or things He's going to create or redeem, etc. Um, and then He's not only approved of those, then He's determined to bring them about. Um, and that and he's, it does this interesting thing that he approves and terms of about the existence of himself you guys think about that phrase it's a little mind boggling little mind boggling what's mind boggling about that Jerry?
2: well that he has no beginning and he has no end yet it is his <coughs> will that he exists and so did his will to exist happen <coughs> When did that happen? Right. <laughs> it's a little mind-boggling. Eternally. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah.
0: You can't right. talk about when, when so it happened in eternity past, right? In other words, it's it's never not been His will to be. So we'll we'll talk about that a little bit, but um, let's look at Ephesians chapter one. If you guys are familiar, what I want to do is just look at some basic scriptures with regard to the will to God's will. Uh, I remember I read this chapter at a local Christian high school. Oh. There's only one, huh? And, uh, anyway, um, I, I read this chapter, and and they had to have a staff meeting after I read it. No no lie. They had a staff meeting to determine whether or not I had crossed over the bound, boundaries doctrinally. Because they don't take any doctrinal stances, you know, intentionally, one way on... Calvinism, Arminianism, um, losing your salvation knowledge. You guys are familiar with that kind of a... Yeah. So, anyway, they weren't going to take any stances. So all I did is read this chapter. That's it. Just read it. Read it. <laughs> and they had that whole staff meeting. He's a Calvinist. So, anyway, then I had come in and <laughs> argue for Calvinism. All I did was read Ephesians 1. That was kind of funny to me. But look look, look with me at verse 3 of Ephesians 1 and following. Blessed be the God and Father... Of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with Christ in every spiritual with with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. So he's praising the Father in a sense because he's and the Son, because he's blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing. Even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of his will. So, Paul's talking about divine election, which um, God has elected a people from before the foundation of the world. He's making it very clear that that's been the case. And then he's going on and saying that he did that according to the purpose of his will. Right? Whatever the purpose of his will is. Whatever he decides to bring about, approves of. But he's done it according to that purpose. And then, getting to Keaton's point, the praise of his glorious grace, right? He's done that for the praise of his own own glory. Because With which he's blessed us in the beloved, that's Jesus. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in himself, things in heaven and things on earth. Now, what's the mystery of his will? Anybody know? <laughs> that word "mystery" is thrown out. What's a mystery? The Gentiles are included in his salvation. Okay. That 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 might be the answer. But what biblically, when they use the word "mystery," what do they mean? What's well, the, what's the definition of that term? Gospel. Not 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 exactly. But, but you are you're the here. Jews are? Are well, they
1: Gentiles are accepted into the?
0: that's what Jay just said about something which hasn't been revealed yeah okay so it's something that has not previously been revealed right so if it's a mystery in the Old Testament that doesn't mean it's not there but it's not crystal clear it's like veiled it's veiled you know so you would say what's in the Old Testament concealed is in the New Testament revealed right so it's there in some sense but you don't see the full picture of it until the mystery is revealed uh, he doesn't By mystery, he doesn't mean something like, oh, it's a paradox. We don't understand it. It's a mystery. That's not what he's talking about here, right? By mystery, means there's something God hadn't revealed pr- prior that he's now revealed to us. So now he has revealed to it, it to us. And he's going to drive at that more, but if you notice, making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ, is a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things himself, things in heaven and things on earth. So he's uniting all things to himself. That's Things in heaven and things on earth, that's part of the mystery, which then gets played out in chapter two of Ephesians and Chapter Three of Ephesians as Gentile inclusion. Right? The Gentiles are included um, with Israel in the, um, in the plan of salvation in this sense. You guys follow that? Okay. And I don't have time to get into all that, but he's saying that's part of his will. His will is Gentile inclusion. Okay, so that plays into his will. So we're hearing parts. He's got this desire to elect. People into salvation, part of his will. Desire to you know include Gentiles in that, part of his will. Okay, so now we're gonna get into a more a more full word there. In him, verse eleven, we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined, according to the purpose of him. Now it's gonna be a more sweeping statement about him, the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. So what's what's Paul saying here about God?
2: He makes it happen.
0: <laughs> yeah. So he's saying something very specific about him, isn't he? He's going on from he's elected you to salvation, and he's you know revealing the mystery of his will with Gentile inclusion. He's moving on from that, and now he's making a very a very specific <clears throat> statement about God's character, isn't he, or who God is, isn't? He? in his being. He's one who does what? Works all, works things, all things according to the purpose of his will. That's who he is, right? He's the God who does that. Um, so how many things does he work according to the purpose of his will? All. all. of them. People love to throw around the word all in the Bible, except when it comes to these things. right? <coughs> so he um, works all things according to the counsel of his will. Let, let me show you a couple other passages just to just to drive us home a little bit, look at Acts chapter 4, and we're going to look at um, Acts chapter 2 a little bit later, but we look at Acts 4, because I want to make some distinctions here in a second, but you guys familiar with this passage, the disciples, What's what have the disciples been doing?
3: Preaching, preaching,
0: preaching, and what is the how? And how what kind of response have they been getting? Thousands coming to the church. Thousands coming to faith, and then how, how are the religious leaders feeling about that? <laughs> not particularly happy, right? And so they bring them in and say, "You know, listen, you're not allowed to do that anymore. Right. We forbid you." from speaking his name. And what the, What's the response of the disciples? <coughs> praise. Well, yeah,
2: but before that. Well, they say, "Well, you determine whether it's right. Whether we listen to you or to
3: God."
0: Yeah, yeah. We can listen to man or we can listen to God, right? We're going to listen to God, which is a rhetorical question. They ought to know the answer to, right? They don't answer it. You just know what the answer is. We're going to listen to God. They go on and they leave, and after they've been warned not to say anything, uh, they had been in prison for a little bit, and then they got out. And if you look at verse twenty-three, when they were when they were released. They went to their friends and reported what the chief priests and the elders had said to them. And when they heard it... Now, this is interesting. Don't... Mind you, what did the chief priests and the elders say to them? What are they reporting to the church? What did the chief priests and elders tell them? Not to speak in the name of Christ. Okay. Do not talk about Jesus. Or else. Right? We'll imprison you. We'll beat you. We'll kill you. Okay? Now, that's not good news. Right? You wouldn't think. So, if I came back and said to you guys, listen... Um, I just We're having a church meeting this Sunday, and, and I tell you, <clears throat> I, I want you guys to all know the government just passed a law that if you speak about Jesus Christ, you're going to get a beating. right? You're going to get imprisoned. And I'm, I'm delivering that news to you. I wonder if our response would be same, the same as this, verse 24, and when they heard it, they lifted their voices together to God and said, Sovereign Lord, which is a redundancy, incidentally. right? Who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them. So what what's the first thing he just emphasizes? What are the first things they just say about God? Is they're, pray, they're, they're praying to God, what do they say first? You're in control of everything. Okay. You're the sovereign lord, which means that if you're the Lord, you already are in charge, right? And if you're the sovereign lord, now we're just being redundant. Right? We're saying you 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 have control over everything. And then what does he then what do they do? you made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You created everything, and thus you govern them, right? If you've created it, you govern it. It goes on and says, Who through the mouth of our father David, your servant, said by the Holy Spirit, why do the Gentiles rage and the people plot in vain, people's plot in vain, the kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed. For truly, in the city, there were gathered together against your holy servant, Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and all the peoples of Israel. And so these people all aligned against us to do what? To do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. What do they? What do are, what are the Gentiles or and the Jewish leaders in this case just do? God's will. They did God's will. Ever stop. Think about that. <coughs> they just basically passed a law in the sense saying you can't talk about Jesus. And they killed Jesus. They killed Jesus, right? So they're going back and they're saying, okay, they just told us we can't talk about Jesus. Now we're going to pray, Sovereign Lord. You created everything. You told us these kind of days were going to come. You actually, um, we actually saw that they already killed Jesus, right? And they killed Jesus according to your plan and according to your will. They did that. So they're doing this according to your will as well. They go on. And now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness. While you stretch out your hand to heal, and signs and wonders are performed in the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. Um, let's hope that we would respond this way under similar circumstances. Um, what's in, what's quite interesting, though, is that they root this whole thing. They're in the midst of suffering, persecution, and they return to what? In the midst of that. What what doctrine do they return to? <clears throat> God's sovereignty, and particularly it with regard to his will. Nothing is outside of the will of God, right? Not just his rule in that sense, but nothing, nothing's outside of his will. He's, he's determined all these things that are taking place. It's, it's interesting because if you look back at Acts chapter 2, and we'll come back to this verse, but I'll show you this again. If you look at verse 22, Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with mighty works and wonders and signs, that God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves know, this Jesus, now catch this, this Jesus <clears throat> delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God, you crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. So who delivered Jesus up to be killed? God. God. And who killed him? Men. Men. Right? It was God's definite plan that he be delivered up to be killed. People don't stop and think about that and what does it say about the will of God? And and we'll get into that in a little bit, but I want you to see this stuff goes all the way through scripture. I remember when I ran um, for the school board back in two thousand four. At the time I was running I didn't expect it to be anything other than just the school board election, right? Which you never hear about. You never hear about school board campaigns, right? Most of the time you walk in, if you're honest, you walk into the ballot box, and you see your school board candidates, you're like, who are these people, and which one should I vote for? Top two. Is, is that right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> top two. <but clears throat> the top two usually get the most votes. Actually, number one, whoever's listed at the top of the ballot often wins, just because of the top of the ballot. That's how unknown that those races are. <laughs> it's true. So really. when I ran, I remember running, I was a youth pastor at River Lakes, and I thought, well, I'm going to run, I want to be a part of I want to be able to get on the campuses. Like They wouldn't let me on the campuses, and I want to be able to get on the campuses, and I knew that would help me get on the campuses if I was a board member. They couldn't keep me off the campuses, right? <coughs> so I wanted to get around the students, so I ran. And um, I, I still remember that the, my campaign became this huge ordeal. Uh, for whatever reason, the biggest of California just got all turned on by this campaign and decided to just talk about it constantly. So they made your name familiar? They made my name extremely familiar. I mean, I must have gotten three four $400,000 of free press, probably. I mean, they, they did 300 articles on me, I think. I think they've done seven or 800 now. Um, Teresa stopped keeping a scrapbook. Just got too big. <laughs> I like, forget this. You know, first, I'm going to keep your articles, because we thought there might be 10, right? And then there was just all these articles. So anyway, <clears throat> um, I remember because it was the, and this was a huge controversy after the fact. With uh, media, but um, and even at my own church. But the the day of the election, mm-hmm. the news media said, "Where's your campaign party going to be at?" I said, "Oh, it's going to be at this pizza place." And, and um, they're like, "Okay, well, <clears throat> we want to come by and get an interview when the results come out. <clears throat> so once they come out pretty good and you you know whether you won or lost, we'd like to get an interview from you." I said, "No, <clears throat> no, I don't I don't want to do that." They said, you don't? I said, no. I just want to tell you what my quote is before before any results come out. I said, what? I said, yeah, I'm going to give you my quote. I don't care whether, what the results are. You run this quote no matter what. This is what you're going to run. This is all I'm going to say to it. And they said, okay. And it came from Daniel chapter 4. <laughs> if you look there, um, um when he, he makes this comment, um, and, and there's, there's a long passage here where Nebuchadnezzar is recognizing who God is, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and he's, he's making all these comments, and he says he says down here, he says um, in verse 32, when it, when it talks about, he's talking to Nebuchadnezzar, God is, you shall be driven from among men, and your dwelling sh- shall be with the beasts of the field, you shall be made to eat grass like an ox, and seven periods of time shall pass over you until the, you know the Most High rules the kingdom of men and gives it to whom He will. So you're, you're going to be crazy, essentially Nebuchadnezzar, until you understand that God rules and He gives the kingdom to whom, who, whom He will. The reason you're a king is because I made you one, right? He goes on. He says immediately the world was, the word was fulfilled against Nebuchadnezzar. He was driven from among men and ate grass like an ox, and his body was wet with the dew of heaven. Till his hair grew as long as eagles' feathers and nails were like birds' claws. And then Nebuchadnezzar comes in and testifies. At the end of the days, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted my eyes to heaven, and my reason returned to me, and I blessed the Most High and praised and honored him who lives forever. For his dominion is an everlasting dominion, and his kingdom endures from generation to generation. All inhabitants of the earth are accounted as nothing, and he does according to his will among the host of heavens and among the inhabitants of the earth, and none can stay his hand or say to him, What have you done? At the same time, my reason returned to me, and for the glory of my kingdom, my majesty and splendor returned to me. My counselors and my Lord sought me, and I was established in my kingdom, and still more greatness was added to me. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor the kingdom of heaven, for all his works are right and all his ways are just, and those who walk in pride, in pride he is able to humble. And so, um, coming out of that passage... I had taken a quote um, in which I had said um, something very simply, which was, which was, it was coming out of that. And, and also, if you look at Daniel chapter 2, go back there real quickly to verse 20, tying these two ideas together. Daniel's going to praise God. He says, Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, to whom belong wisdom and might. He changes times and seasons. He removes kings and sets up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. He reveals deep deep and hidden things. He knows what's in the darkness, and the light dwells in him. To you, O God, of my fathers, I give thanks and praise, for you have given me wisdom and might, and have now made known to me what we asked of you, for you have made known to us the king's matter. So you have this praise, where essentially, in both this part of Daniel, chapter 2, chapter 4, what's Daniel's focus? And Nebuchadnezzar's focus. What's the focus? In both of these places. God's sovereignty. God's sovereignty. Yep, yeah, and he sets up his kings and he tears down his kings according to his will, right, for his purpose. So I said, here's my quote. I told him this. All praise and honor <coughs> goes to Jesus Christ, for he sets up kings and he deposes them. He sets up leaders and he deposes them. And they were like, really? I said, yep, yeah, that's it. Win or lose. Said, so if you lose, you think God sets up the rulers and the leaders? Yep. So you mean God chose somebody else besides you? Uh-huh. And, and if you win, then God chose you? Right. Either way, I don't care, win or lose. I don't want to say this after I win, because if I win and I say this, people will go, always oh, saying it's God's... Yeah, I, of course, they print it without the context that I said either way. Vegas wins, and what does he say? God sets up leaders, <laughs> leaders, right you know you know how that goes and then there's all this controversy although it's still true and there were all these letters of the editor what does this guy think he is and, you know that whole thing happened but uh, that was the context in which it was done because what am I focusing on that and then if you come into Romans 13 that God there's no leader among men who hasn't been appointed by God right in other words God is sovereign over all things he's working his will all the time and you either believe that or you don't So, let's talk about some categories of will. What does what is, what is Grudem mean, and other theologians, frankly, when they say God's necessary will? I, is it the same thing as uh, what they call God's <coughs> secret will? Nope. We'll get to that. We actually get to that in two other categories of those, but... Necessary and free will of God what do we mean by the necessary will of God and the free will of God unnecessarily he, he has to exist okay so he necessarily has to exist he can't will himself to not exist right it's a necessary will what what would, what would be something else that's necessary he necessarily has to will this way to good well he can't yeah he's good so he can't he can't will prior counter to <coughs> himself right to his own character his own plans and purposes for example what is something that we're told about God God cannot lie so can he make a decision to tell a lie you guys follow that okay there are things God's bound by he's bound by his own character and being right so people say could God do anything no God can't do anything God can't lie right God can't commit immorality God can't cease loving. God can't avoid being just. Right? God can't do anything there. He's bound by his own character. Yeah. Being. He can do all his holy will. Yeah, what he can do is all his holy will. That's exactly right. Children's ca- that children's catechism. Yeah, that's in the children's catechism, actually. Is that just the children's first catechism, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's also in the shorter catechism, but yeah. Yeah, he can do all his holy will. <clears throat> right? I think we don't think about that. We think God can just do anything he wants and he just sort of randomly picks and decides what he wants to do now, right? And it doesn't matter if it's consistent with his character. Like now, so how does that look? Like Bruce Almighty. What's that? Like Bruce Almighty kind of stuff. He's just like Bruce Almighty or... Doing naughty things because
2: he can. Because you know.
0: he can. Or, Could God create a rock so big he can't lift it? Mm. You're an yeah, and, and that's where we get into the power. <laughs> that's where we get into God's power, the question of God's power. yeah. No, God, because God's logical. He can't do <laughs> yeah. illogical things. Yeah.
2: He's not a fool. Right, no, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so, okay, anyway, but you guys you guys follow me on that? Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so then what would be God's free will? Oh,
3: He's he only
4: bound
0: by, you know. his character, not bound by our uh, restrictions on him. Okay. Like his free will to um, create? Sure. That's exactly right. And Spencer, what were you saying? Just the stuff he chooses to do. Yeah, so what are the things he's cho- chosen to do? Create, redeem. When we mean God's free will, we're talking about things God doesn't have to do. You guys follow that? <clears throat> so there's a the necessary will of God, things he has to do or can't do, where he's restrained by his own being and character. And then there's then there's the free will of God, where the things he doesn't have to do, he just chooses to do. Yes, sir.
1: Calvin might have touched on this, but he talked about God's um, gracious character, that attribute of His graciousness. Right. That was like eternally dormant before creation. So, would, would I don't know what you think about that, but would He have to create in that sense if He were to sort of fulfill His gracious nature?
0: No, it, we call them latent characteristics. Late. Yeah, like justice. He's always been just. He's always been gracious. Does he have to exercise grace and justice? No, not unless he has sinful creatures to do it, right? But he chooses to. He, he wants to display those things about himself. All right. Um, so, so when we talk about, um, when we speak about God's will, right, we're generally talking about what? We generally talk about, what, is pe- what do people talk about? When they talk about God's will, what do they generally talk about? It's free will. It's free will. Okay, it's free will, but but I mean, it's what do what, 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 what people, oh. even beyond that, simpler than that, people aren't saying, what do you think about the necessary free will of God? Okay, that's not generally what you hear being conversed. What is God able to do or not able to do? What are they generally, when the category of discussion of God's will comes up? What are most people bringing up? What does God want me to do?
3: What does God want me to do? (laughs) The
0: Uh, law? This
3: job or this woman or this... Okay, most people are asking,
0: what does God want me to do with this job or this woman or this relationship? Which (laughs) chair to sit in. Which what? Which chair to sit in (laughs) in some cases. (laughs) Does he want me to turn left or right at this corner?
3: (laughs) Sometimes when there's tragedy or something really good that happens, people talk about this. this Yeah,
0: yeah. What happened here, the Connecticut thing... um, the one senator, speaking truthfully but very unfortunately, a can, senatorial candidate, when he talked about rape and he said it's God's will, I mean, yeah, and yeah. it's mm-hmm. like, oh, dude, what a great way to talk about it publicly, yeah, it's so <laughs> stupid. But anyway, the uh, theologically right, mm-hmm. but not particularly not really. helpful <laughs> in political <laughs> dialogue. He didn't qualify it. didn't qualify it, it, didn't qualify it well it. at all. <clears> throat> yeah, throat> yeah, yeah, no, <throat> it's, it's, yeah, yeah. it's not God's revealed will in the sense that God doesn't want those kinds of things to happen. He certainly commands against them, but... He just didn't speak about it very well or helpfully, but people are talking about God's secret will. You guys ever heard that phrase? Um, Keaton used it, or His will of decree. What does God decide to do? They, they're wanting to, and most of the time, people are wanting to know that they're they're really practicing a subtle form of divinization, right? I want to find out what the future holds, so I want to be in the center of God's will. Now, when people say the center, being in the center of God's will, do they mean? You guys heard that phrase, by the way? <laughs>
3: yeah.
0: Do they mean, man, I want to be holy? What do they generally mean? No, they I want, want to I be blessed. I want to be in a
3: position to be blessed.
0: Yeah, I want what I want. I want everybody to happy about it, including God. I want to be blessed. I'm in the center of God's will. I don't want to, you know, there's all these women out there, and I could marry any of them, and it's not that they aren't all good, but I want God's best for me. You guys heard that phrase? Yeah. And this woman would be God's best My for
3: best me. life now,
0: right? And and so they they want to hit they want to hit that target as if they're shooting it, like for a bullseye. And if they don't get it right, you know, could, could you imagine uh, the one who's the one? You guys ever thought about that question? Is there one person for you to? And and if you here's the question: What if you get God's secret will wrong and you don't marry the one? Think about the chain of events you set off for everyone else in human history who now marries the wrong one, too. Because <laughs> that just settles all down through human history, and everybody messes up, right? Yeah. It's not yeah, just you, but if you married the wrong one, then you married somebody else's, so he married somebody else's, and thus it goes on. <laughs> but unless human you history, well, everybody ends up with the wrong not, wife. Uh, What's that? Unless, <laughs> unless
1: the woman you married was never going to marry, and then
0: you didn't. That, that, that's it's true. If happened. she was never supposed to marry... But your well. wife, the woman you were supposed to marry, though, ends up I'm
2: marrying the wrong guy.
0: It, it, it <laughs> could, or she could end up alone, and so sad for her. <laughs> so You've not only messed up God's will for yourself, but for her as well. Yeah. At least and potentially <laughs> generations, millennia mm. of worth of people. Okay, so. Um, it was so much simpler to be Adam. There was only one, you know, right? You know, there's <laughs> so much pressure, Ted. Yeah. <laughs> what you say? There's so much pressure. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a lot of pressure to put on yourself, isn't it? All right. So when, we, when we're talking about that kind of will of God, we're talking about the distinction between the secret will or the de- will of decree, right, and the revealed will or the will of precept. What, are the, what do we mean by the revealed will or the will of precept? What do we mean by that? well your precepts are precious right your commands so there there's two ways to talk about the will of god even in scripture in that sense there's god's will of command so for example um if you go over and um commit adultery with some woman i can guarantee you you have violated god's will you have violated his will of command very clearly in that sense, you violated his will of decree. Or not his will of decree, but his will of command. You guys follow me? Or his, his preceptive is what people will call it will. You violated that. Now here's the question. Have you violated his secret or will of decree? We could only
2: infer based on his
0: character. Is that true?
2: If it's secret, if it hasn't Well, been I'll
0: go back to a very simple sin, Adam and Eve. God's command was, don't eat that fruit. <clears throat> they violate God's will by eating the fruit? Yeah, yeah. Clearly violated his will by eating the fruit, his will of command or precept. Did they violate his will of decree? No. No, well, they didn't mess up his plan. Well, all of history is, I mean, the secret will is revealed
1: once it's made history, right? Once it happens? Yeah.
2: So what you're saying is it's not possible
0: to violate his will of decree because he's sovereign. It's not possible. It's impossible to violate his will of decree. Um because he's gone. Okay, so let me let me think about this. When we talk about the will of decree, we're talking about details of life that he doesn't tell us. Right? So this is the will of God that always comes to pass. So let let me look at let me show you a specific verse to give you the breakdown of of this kind of when I talk about two different kinds of God you know forms of God's will look at Deuteronomy chapter 29 (coughs) you guys are familiar with Deuteronomy Moses is telling the second law right second telling the law chapter what chapter 29 and verse 29 he makes us very clear statement. He says, the secret things belong to the Lord, our God. But the things that are revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law. So how does he define the things that are revealed there? There's two things about them. What are they? They, they belong to us. And what's the other yeah. one? The secret ones belong to the Lord. Well, just, by, just about the, the will of God here as far as the revealed will, we're supposed to do them. Well, yeah, and that they are the law. They're, they're what they, they're, He's defining them by, you, you know you've kept the revealed will because you do all the words of this law. He's revealed to you his words, and when you keep his words, you're doing his will. that, that makes sense? That's been revealed. These are the things that have been revealed. Those belong to you. Do those. And then there's these other things... What are those? What are the other things? The secret things. Who do they belong to? God. God, and not you. So don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> well, so here's the question I have coming out of that. Um, what are we responsible for? Things, the things revealed. Things that are revealed. That's what we're responsible for, right? Um, what, what, what are we not responsible for? The things that are not revealed. secret things. It's pretty simple, isn't it? If so you want to find out if you're doing God's will? What are you responsible to do? Follow his word. It almost
1: seems like a, like a hierarchy of his wills. Because like you have the necessary, and then you have the free will, and then you have the, the secret will, but then the revealed will is almost like used um, like like (coughs) utility like it's in
0: his secret will that he uses these means okay so so what is that what are the implications for that for the Christian life if the secret things belong to him and the revealed things belong to us what's the implication for life
4: he takes a lot of pressure off.
0: So good. Like, go
4: ahead. We just need to, we need to focus on what is playing before us yeah. in his word, you know, and not get so netted up over what's above our pay grade, and, you know. Yeah. I think about myself, you know, or I think about people coming to my office and they're like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And I'm like, well, how are you living while you're doing whatever you're doing? You know what I mean? And I'm trying to preach that to myself, too. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, should I live here or should I work here or should I, you know, do this or that? Should I go to this church or that church? You know, these sort of <coughs> things. I, you know, what's more important is, you know, am I, am I focusing on what God's made plain to me, just how, how I'm to live, how I'm to lead, how I'm to, you know, my character and things like that. You
3: know. Yeah. Kevin, what were you going to say? Oh, I just said it takes a lot of pressure
1: and angst away from, especially young men. Especially young men. The older you get, the less you worry Maybe about I'm it, right? too, you know, Isn't that true?
0: Yeah. You're like, I already made my decisions. They're going to come home to roost the rest of my life, so here I am. <laughs> right? But when you're young, you're like, I haven't screwed it up yet, so what am I going to do? Uh, I, yeah, it's true. The older you get, the less you worry about these things. But when you're a young man, you're really concerned. And we live in a culture, incidentally, that makes it very difficult because you have young men, you know, contemplating which, you know, what job, what's my career in life going to be? And I want to make sure I have God's will for my career, right? And which woman am I going to marry? I want to make sure I have God's will for the woman I marry. Now, listen, what we haven't ever stopped to consider is that's a very unique problem to have. Why is that a unique problem? To have options. That's a unique problem. You can Go back to America 200 years ago and ask the average guy in the average rural community working on the farm or working as a... As a you know, whereas his da- he's, he's, his dad's a farmer, or his dad's a blacksmith, or his dad's you ask that kid, what what's God's will for your life, career wise? What's he going to look at you and say? Huh? <laughs> uh, <laughs> what I want to eat. Yeah, <laughs> <It's a career. laughs> My dad's a farmer. I'm going farm. to be a farmer. There's no <laughs> angst over that. I'm going to be a farmer. God's will for me is that I'm holy, right? And I farm. I'm Marry my cousin, and wait, <laughs> and, and the woman I'm going to marry. What woman are you going to marry? Hopefully, well, her will. because she's the furthest removed cousin in the current town, right? Yeah. So I'm marrying her. I don't have a lot of options here, right? And maybe she'll have all her teeth. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> she's got
2: good bones. Yeah, yeah.
0: So you guys understand? It's a completely different culture where where you can you can live in different cities, different countries, different states. You can meet women all across the world. You can... I mean, it's just all these options available. And now Christian men are trying to figure out what to do with it. And they don't want to miss God's will. And so they have all this angst. Right? And they don't need to worry about that. Just from what we've talked about right now, it just seems like there should be comfort.
1: Because if you understand what he is at his core, (coughs) you can't change. (laughs)
0: <laughs> that it's a goodness. Yeah. Then, then you don't need to know the secret. <laughs> you don't. You don't need to know. You need to pick a, you need to pick a woman. Now, does, does God give you advice as to how to pick a spouse in the scripture? Yeah, sure. He doesn't tell you which one. He just gives you some wisdom. Though. You know, things like, you know, you don't get yoked together with unbelievers. And you say, well, that's not specifically a marriage passage. It's not. But it still applies. <clears throat> the principle applies. You don't want to get in that kind of covenant with an unbeliever. Um, you know you read a lot in the Proverbs about wives you don't want a dripping faucet of a wife right? you don't want a nagging complaining woman because you'd rather live on the corner of a roof. so if you meet that kind of woman it's probably not a good choice you guys follow me on that? Um, it's probably an unwise decision so you you can make um, you, you can glean some wisdom from scripture as to how to choose a woman but it doesn't tell you who same thing with career. What does scripture tell you about a career? Whatever you do, do it, it to God's life. glory. Yeah. Work. Don't be lazy and and work hard for God's glory. That's it. Right? You need to employ wisdom as to which which job is best for your family and situation. But does it does it ultimately, you know, if you choose this job and not that job are you in danger of violating God's best for your life or his will you you guys follow me on that? No. Not unless this job is like working at a strip club and it's clearly wrong, right? You know, or something like that, you guys follow me, okay? Alright, um, so what about praying? What about praying according to God's will? What about in the Lord's Prayer when he says when you you, you if you pay attention to the petitions, or to pay, pray that God's reputation is made. Large in the earth, right? Hallowed be your name, and then God's rule is that that it spreads throughout the earth, that His His um, kingdom would come and His will would be done. So when He says, "Pray your will be done," and you're praying in such a way that you're praying that God's will be done, what kind of things are you praying for? His secret will, or His or His or His will that's been revealed? Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven
2: more of that which is revealed because his secret will is his will and decree and that will come to pass so we don't really
0: need to be praying about that yeah <laughs> predominantly it's his, it's his moral will right it's his revealed will it's the will of, that people of will precepts. live according to his word yeah what are you asking for you're asking that the world would live in accordance with God's commands right under his rule So you're asking for so you can specifically pray that way and you say oh I'll just repeat that every day no no, no. I can pray. Lord, I pray that you work in my son in such a way that he is an honest person. He's a truth teller. Right? That's what his will being done in my son. Pray that you work in my daughter in such a way that she's gracious to others. That's God's You guys follow me on that. That's how you pray God's will be done. You're praying those kinds of things specifically for people. You know, it makes me think of when um
2: uh, the scriptures say that when you pray in accordance with God's will, you know it will be done. And so, that's a good, great example. Yeah, First John
0: five fourteen. <clears throat> Any prayer asked according to God's will will be answered. Will be done. Anytime you pray in accordance with God's will, it'll be done. What do most people do with that verse? No, but what's God's will? Pray however they want. But what do they say about it? What do they What are they worry mm-hmm. when they see that verse? What What happens to them? They get all this angst. And why do they get angst? <clears throat> well, is the thing I'm asking for God's will? God, I'd like this job. Is that God's will? Right? Because if I, it's God's will, then I'm going to get it. Right? If it's not God's will, I'm not going to get it. Well, what's What's First John talking about? Is, what's
2: that? It's like you said. If you pray for your son, God, you know, let my son be a truth teller. Let him walk according to your word. Now you've definitely prayed according to his will, and that's going to be done.
4: Yeah. Isn't that? What John's allowed? Like, correct me, is that the one that, had, that has the passage where he says, I have no very joy in seeing my children walking in the truth? Is that First John? That's in Second John. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. I just kind of get the little Johns, I kind of think of like very sort of nurturing We live live well. Yeah. Well,
0: what's the whole book of First John about? <coughs> you guys familiar with the book? Mm-hmm. It's one of these books that's kind of hard to read because you feel like you get brutalized throughout it, right? But <laughs> as you're reading it, he's talking about the general direction of of, of the character of the Christian of a Christian, right? Now people say, "Oh, if you, you know." And he's talking. He's talking about more than that. But, but one of the things you see repeated over and over is this is what a Christian looks like, right? This is, this is what one doesn't look like. Then mm-hmm. he comes in and says that you're praying according to God's will, and and in context there is talking about his moral will. You can't pray according to a secret will. That means you have to figure it out before you mm-hmm. pray. Wouldn't be secret. Yeah, yeah, I need to know what it is so I can pray right. Right? But you know what his moral will is. You can pray according to it. And he wants to do the things that he commands and promises. That's really clear. He, for example, I can pray, Lord, I want you to save uh, people in this people group that have never heard of you. And guess what? He's going to. Because he's clearly said he wants his gospel to go where? He wants to have all disciples made in <clears throat> all peoples. Mm-hmm. Right? And then we actually see the answer to that command, it's the, the fulfillment of the Great Commission, in Revelation, don't we? Because when you see the throne room of heaven, who's around the throne praising the Lamb who's been slain? Every tribe, nation. People from every tribe, tongue, and nation. Which means that the Great Commission gets fulfilled.
2: Mm-hmm. Go take your <laughs> I know, it's amazing.
0: <laughs> yeah, okay. Um... <clears throat> So, if that's the case, what about passages like 1 Timothy two 4, 2 Peter 3? You guys ready? And God's will. What kind of will are we talking about here? Look at, look at 1 Timothy 2.4 first. Because these ones come up all the time with people... <coughs> First of all, then I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanks, I'll start in verse 1, and thanksgivings be made for all people, for kings and all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignifying in every way. This is good, and it's pleasing in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. Okay, that word desires is the word fellow, which means I, I will, okay, so he wills. All... Men to be saved, come to knowledge of the truth, right? All people to be saved, come to knowledge of the truth. What kind of will are we talking about there? Revealed will. It's revealed will.
1: Just like Jesus commands you know, uh, everyone to repent and believe. That's
0: a commandment. Goes out to everyone. Yeah, it's 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 command. It's it's what he wants. It's what he's revealed to us. It's no secret, by the way, that God wants all people To be saved and come to knowledge the truth. But this would be distinct from his
2: decreed will.
0: His will of decree. He does not <clears throat> decree all people to be saved. I don't care what theological position you come from as far as within the orthodoxy, okay? If you're a universalist, you have a problem with what I'm going to say. But other than people who think that everybody on earth and history gets saved, other than that, I don't care if you're Roman Catholic, Eastern Orthodox, you're Protestant, you know, I, don't, I don't mean Protestants <coughs> if you're Wesleyan, if you're Arminian, if you're you know it doesn't really matter calvinist everybody's going to say that god doesn't in fact will to save everybody does he in the secret sense of the will because not everybody gets or decrees every not everybody gets saved if he decreed for everybody to sa- be saved what would happen everybody would be, be really saved. saved everybody be saved without qualification so uh, it reads uh, who desires all people to be saved that can also be he he commands who commands all peoples to be saved? Same the same sense there. Um, it, he does command all people to be saved, but what what he's saying is is that in this sense, God's it, it's you, it's been revealed to us that God wants all people to be saved. We know that that He desires that. Um, so it's revealed will, but He doesn't always get what He desires. I'll, I'll give you an example. Go back to the garden, Adam and Eve. What did God desire Adam and Eve to do? Be obedient. To be obedient. He didn't desire them to... Right? Did he get what he wanted? Nope. He did not get what he wanted. Because Adam and Eve said... Now, did he get what he willed in the sense of... is it Was their action outside of his secret will? Or his will of decree? No, he decreed the fall. Right? Or to permit the fall, however you want to state that. He decreed... Permit it, but people call it the permissive will of God, etc. But He decreed it, okay, and then it happened. But He didn't want it to happen. And how do you sort that out? I I don't know. Is that really? <laughs> <laughs> What's that? What you say? Did theologians make a distinction
1: between like the, the desires of God and the will of God? That seems like a very complicated
0: relationship. Um. Well, yes, only in that that everything that's revealed is His desire. It, as okay. far as the commands, you, he, command, he, he, he he wills you to, in that sense, to keep all of his commands. Do you?
1: So, well, there would have to be a suppressing of his desires, I would think, in order to carry about his secret will, his decrees. unless those are his desires, too, and he has two desires operating, that would make sense.
0: Yeah, but you're you're getting a little bit further in there, so you're trying to sort it all out? No, 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 you can't. That's what I meant. I just don't. It, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, so look in Second Peter three as well. And I'm gonna show you the distinction here. Of course you guys understand Second Peter three is he's Peter's particularly responding to what problem? All of the people have been mocking the Christians about what? The coming of the Lord. Now where's Jesus? You said he's gonna come. Why, Why is he taking so long? Okay. Now, they we, we don't just get mocked now, they got mocked then, right? Why is it taking so long? Okay. And he goes on and says, in verse 8, Do not overlook this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. In other words, it really hasn't been that long. We might think it's long, but it hasn't been that long. Then he goes on and says, The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. Now, depending on how you uh, you understand the, gr- the grammar of this verse, some people would argue that when he says not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance, some people argue that... Um, well, l- let me ask you, what are the different arguments you've heard on this? So, telling you. That it's not a uh, universal all. It's uh, specific all.
1: Referring okay. to all that will be saved.
0: Okay, elect. well, grammatically, do not look, overlook, if you look at verse 8, do not overlook this one fact, beloved, who's he talking to? The church. Yeah, believers specifically, right? And then he goes on and says what? He's patient toward who? Verse 9. <coughs> you, not wishing that any, any who of you, yeah, of you, should perish. So grammatically, I think this is actually, I think this is actually, um, it's, it's still talking about the revealed will of God, but very specifically in some sense telling them God, God is, is, is not willing that any of you should perish. Um, now, let's just say that the grammar isn't that way, or, or which, which it is, but let's just say we give somebody who wants to get this argument, and that's not what it is, and all just means all people. What is it still talking about, even if all means
3: all the people on the whole earth? talking about his revealed will, then. Talking about his revealed will, right? But then it it says, but all should reach repentance, not all will reach repentance.
0: Not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. Should, but not all. Yeah, yeah, I know. I I know, Jim, but you know, details, right? You know, (laughs) you have to pay attention to those words, don't you? (laughs) Okay, God said, all right, but yeah, so you guys guys follow where you go at, at, at that point? Okay, so we hear it's God's will... That all men, if we if we just we use First Timothy two four and let's say Second Peter three nine and we just give everybody the given and all peoples in these cases means every single human being, every single individual in history. Okay, let's just make that it's God's will in that sense that every single human being in history be saved. Okay, let's just make that a given. Well, let's let's look at a little bit of his comp- of, of of his will from another sense. So we ask how we gel these two verses together. Look at Luke chapter ten really quickly. Because you're going to see God's will again. Luke 10. Verse 21. In that same hour, he, that being Jesus, rejoiced in the Holy Spirit and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth. Now, Jesus is about to thank the who? The Father, who's what? Lord of heaven and earth. That means he's sovereign over all things, right? That you have hidden these things. He's talking about what? Things that pertain to salvation, if you look up in the passage. You've hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. (coughs) So what's the father done? He's
2: He's hidden hidden the way of salvation to the wise (coughs) and understanding. He's hidden
0: salvation from one group and revealed it to another group. (coughs) Right? And what does he go on to call that? for such for yes father for such was your gracious will right now if that was his will to hide things from some people and to reveal them from others and it's also his will that all men be saved what problem do we have Sounds like he's contradicting himself. So how do you sort out these contradictions? By making a distinction of which will we're talking about. Yeah, by making a distinction. And what's the distinction to make here? It's his secret will who he reveals who he reveals this to and who he doesn't. Right. It's his moral will, that, in that sense, that all people be saved. It's his will of desire, if you will. It's his, it's his will of, of precept, in that sense. I want all people to be saved, but I haven't willed to save them all. In that same sense. You guys follow the distinction there?
2: So can I ask a question about a particular verse in context of this? Which uh-huh. will? Romans 11.32.
0: That's a great question. <laughs>
2: <laughs> for God has consigned all to disobedience, that He may have mercy on all.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. is that decretive? Oh well, I think I think there's a whole another thing going on in the text there, grammatically in context. <coughs> what was the verse again? It's, it's the same 12. way in Romans five, um, when Paul talks about you know for just as. You know, like, all fell in Adam, so all are saved in Christ, right? He makes that contrast. Right. But so um, this is specifically talking kind of about a will-type thing, right, that God has... It seems to be. Yeah, there's there's a lot to work out in that particular section. That's why I'm asking. I don't have, I don't have time to work it out now, okay. but I hit on it in a sermon on Romans 11, so you can go listen to that. I have. Have you? Have <laughs> you noticed I avoided it more than you wanted me to? <laughs>
3: but I did, Yeah. Yeah, on that's a that's a rough leaf.
0: verse right there. Where you're thinking about can God's give some will. I you guys to look at because it's a. Say again. What verse is it? Romans it is eleven thirty two. God has consigned all the disobedience that He may have mercy on all. In other words, oh. you don't have a
2: choice about being disobedient.
0: No. I think that's talking about His decree. Yeah. <clears throat> um. So, but I think there's also a particular understanding of it grammatically. I don't think he. Yeah. So anyway, what we'll, we we'll, 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 <clears> can do. He it's his does, decree, right?
2: yet he also revealed it.
0: Well, yeah, he often yeah, he reveals his decree. Yeah. Because they come to pass, right? Right. Um, well, he just doesn't reveal it in advance. Well, except there's a few things he's revealed in advance regarding his decree. Christ Jesus will return, right, well, for us now. I mean, those things are in the past now. Yes, in the Old Testament, in that sense, the suffering and death of Christ, Jesus tells us, was necessary, right, because it was talked about in the Old Testament, but from our standpoint now, what's been guaranteed to us is part of the will of decree of God.
2: So his decree is not Jesus necessarily
0: uh, only his secret will, right? He may have revealed some of his decree. It's secret in that you don't know how it's going to take place. You don't have any control of it. But I prefer—I actually don't like the term secret will. Is not my favorite term. I prefer the term will of decree, Decorative will, because it's not always a secret, right. as he oftentimes tells us.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Jesus will return he doesn't tell us when that part's a secret right. he tells us he will so we know that's going to happen you guys follow me on that? because right. when prophecy happens we're told what's going to happen in advance like I'll give you a, I'll give you a part of the secret will of God in Judas's life it was told to us in the Old Testament that Judas would betray Christ it was told to us he'd betray the Christ it was already prophesied about him it sucks to be him by the way before he's even born prophesied about him, that that he will betray the Christ, right? Now, does God command him to do that? Quite the opposite, right? Jesus commands his disciples to follow him and trust him and believe, right? That's God's will in that sense, but it's also God's will in the sense that, in other words, you're told something about the secret will of God for Judas, right, the decorative will of God for Judas before he's ever alive. And what you're told is not good news for him, incidentally. Mm-hmm. You're also told something about the secret will of God for Pharaoh in Romans 9, aren't you? Mm-hmm. And Esau. And Esau. So, I mean, in that sense, you know, and Esau. That's right. But, I mean, yeah, Esau before he was even born. So we're told something about. It. Now, we can look on that in a sense um, as something that's already happened in the historical past. But you guys, you guys follow that? Yeah. Um, Okay, you don't want to have prophecies about you that you're going to betray the Christ, right? That's exactly okay. <laughs> All right, nothing. so what's our responsibility with regard to, with regard to God's quote-unquote secret will or will of decree? What's our responsibility with regard to that? Uh, nothing. Don't, look into don't sweat. <laughs> <coughs> I'll tell you what it is. Humility. Trust. Very simply, what is, what is something like in James, what is he... When, when he talks about if you're going to do this in James four fifteen, talks about you're going to do this thing, you're saying if it's God's will, mm-hmm. God willing, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. God willing, I'll do this and that, right? God willing, I'll drive home and see my wife.
4: And is that what have talked about, I can't remember, I was looking over it last night. We talked about humility in context of like when Christians suffer, you know, and how that's a part of God's, you know, will decree, and you know, how to cope with that.
0: Yeah, with humility. Yep. It's sort of a humble trust. Yeah. You have no idea what God's plan is in that sense for your life. None. So you humbly trust Him for everything and you. Right? You just say, Well, God willing, you can't make I don't make promises to my kids. And my kids are like, Why don't you make promises, Dad? Well, would you promise me? I said, No. Why not? Because I learned as a young man that you can't make promises. And here's why. There's, you're, you're, you, you have, there's two problems with a human being making a promise that God doesn't have. Mm-hmm. Now, I, now, I made a promise to my wife. I understand a covenant with her, and in that sense, you know, I did in a limited sense. But, but two problems humans have in making promises. What are they? We die. Power. One, we have no control over whether we <clears> live or die. So we, have, we don't. We, we lack the power to keep them. And what's the other one? We lack the knowledge. Of what well, it's... we lack the moral consistency. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right to necessarily be trustworthy when we make a promise. That's, what's, um,
3: that's what struck me in reading the chapter about God's will and how He has to do everything that He says that He will do according to His nature and mm-hmm. how just He is with keeping it. And I was thinking about how little of what we actually say we'll do ever happens. So we, we about ninety percent of everything we say or even think in our own <laughs> will, we doesn't ever happen. So it's, it's like we're so opposite of Him in that respect. But yep. And
0: there's two ways for us to not keep promises, right? We make a promise and we just don't keep it. Or we make a promise and we're unable to keep it, right? And God doesn't fall down in either of those regards. Um, so um, Genesis 50, for example, when we're talking about Joseph's brother selling him into slavery, what does Joseph later tell them about him about it?
1: He's he meant this regal.
0: Yeah, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. So we're told something about God's <clears throat> secret will there, and how we respond to it. We respond to it, and this is coming into suffering, something like Romans 8.28, which ties in nicely with Genesis 50, verse 20. Just God, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. Romans 8.28, for all those who love God and are called according to His purpose, what does He do? It it's all things together for the good. Right? So, and that, that means all things are being worked together for your good, and... Things that might be meant for evil, God means for good. So you humbly trust him and know that his purposes in your life are good. Assuming you're a believer. Alright? Or for your good and his glory. That's what you do with the secret will. You don't know what they are, but you know they're for your good and his glory. Does that make sense? You trust him with it. Here's a question. Because this is the last objection I'm going to ask you guys about. Does this make all make God responsible? All of this make God responsible for evil. No.
3: Not really. responsible, but the cause of. That's what I was gonna ask you, Chad. How do you explain to people <laughs> sorts of tragedy tragedies that, that happened like last week? How, how do you explain those in the context of God's will? That's
0: a Great question. How would you guys explain in the context of God's will? I would talk about a revealed will and not a secret will. <laughs> 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 yeah. I would tell them God clearly did not want this to happen. Clearly, he commands us to not do these kinds of things. This is wrong. God cares. God is not absent. God loves these people. And it depends on if I'm talking to a believer or an unbeliever to some extent. Yeah. But even with a believer, if their child was just killed, I'm probably not going to emphasize, well, this is God's secret will for your life and your child. They're right? probably not going to spend a lot of time there.
2: God plans to bless you through this.
0: Yeah, yeah, He's gonna work. Working working for for your good. Okay, that may be true, but it's probably not what you bring up right then. (laughs) You probably generally, I'll I'll tell you guys what happens in those kind of situations. You generally just shut up and pray for the person and sit by them and listen. And there's not a whole lot to say. You're speaking to what
3: you would say to the person. I'm saying
0: in general. Speaking
3: to us, we don't have anything to do with it. We're removed. So how do you classify it? I mean, what do you? How do you say it?
0: I would probably still emphasize that this isn't something God would want to happen.
3: Rudham uses Ezekiel 33 11.
0: Yeah, he doesn't desire the death of the wicked. Is that the one he's talking about? Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, but is, is that what he's referring to? He might be referring to that. He might refer to some, another one. But yeah, but yeah how, how do I explain it? Well, I mean, I did some on my sermon on Sunday, briefly. I talked about how Christ, the Christmas story speaks to it. Um, briefly, which is God is carrying out his purposes for our good and he's made promises and he's fulfilling them for our good. Um, what are you looking at me like that for? You don't remember me addressing it? No, no, no. Oh, okay. I think, did, I, did I Did I? not say this? I'm pretty sure I did. He's looking at like, you know, so I think maybe I didn't say it. I, I planned to say it. Did I say this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it was yeah. and I talked about, you know, uh, and, and to some extent when you look at something like the manger, right? The cross looms behind. Right? That but then if you go down and the babies are all killed by Herod that I'm not saying that that bad things don't happen. They do all the time. Evil happens all the time.
3: Yeah I guess on one hand that is God's will being played out because he says the days will grow evil and men will have evil desires and all these things. You know, he tells about all the tragedy that will happen on earth. So
0: I I, I just God's in control of all things. He's working for his good. These things are horrible. He wouldn't want them. And just as a nutshell, he wouldn't want them. Um, but they've happened for a purpose, and we just need to trust them. Um, I don't. I don't understand it all. I, I'm okay saying that. I don't understand how God yeah. can both. Guys, and I'm just gonna get right down to it. I don't understand how God can both will or decree the fall of Adam and Eve because He does, right? And and you, He stop and think about it. He decreed your election before the foundation of the earth. To be saved by the blood of Christ before the foundation of the earth.
3: That, that is a Ephesians chapter question. one. What's that? My eleven-year-old asked that. He goes, "Well, Dad, why does why did God even create the people that He didn't elect anyway? Why did He do that? You know." And so it, it doesn't take long to wrap your mind around that. It's like we 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 can't understand. Yeah,
2: Romans political. nine will be a little mm-hmm. helpful with that question, though.
3: Yeah,
0: <laughs> <clears throat> a little bit. A little. Bit. But even then, it still doesn't deal with the existential problem, right? The <laughs> yeah. problem that I feel. mm mm-hmm. Still doesn't deal with that. Right.
2: Theologically, it deals with it, right? Intellectually. That but God can use those people to bring about the good in those who He has elected.
0: Yeah, that's well, so when stupid. you see Him carrying out His justice, mm-hmm. you realize how merciful He is to you. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, that's what Paul says. And you're like, well, that's rough, though. That's my mom. Yeah. <laughs> right? You know? Yeah. So that, that's, yeah, that's, that's not always easy to talk. You, you know, listen, I mean, we, don't, we forget how pastoral Romans 9 is. Because a lot of times we think about Romans 9 like a theological argument, or Romans 8 like the, the golden chain, right? The ordo salutis, the order of salvation and, you know, foreknowledge and predestination, and we get into all this kind of garbage. And the problem is, is that not that, that stuff isn't important or helpful but Paul's project in Romans 8 and 9 is not to lay out some cold, stale doctrine. Paul's project is he's a pastor <coughs> giving you true doctrine for what purpose? The encouragement of the church, the building up of the church. And so in Romans eight, he's telling you, "I know these things are tough, uh, but God isn't going to forsake you. You can't be separated from His love. He's for you. If you're in Him, He's for you to the end." And then he goes into Romans nine. After I've made all these great promises, now the question is, "Well, I made all these great promises to the Jews too."
4: Yeah, he's got those two groups. What happened to them? them? Right. He was trying to bring them together to see that hey, you guys both.
0: Yeah, and so here's the question that you have though you're a person God's made all these great promises to this Jews and now they're cut off most of them are condemned they're not looking to Christ and he's telling and he's he's you know that at the same time he's told you what I've made all these promises to you don't worry you can't be separated from my love these are all for you you're asking the question well how can I trust you what happened to them Mm -hmm. what happened to them you made promises to them too what happened there why should I trust you for me and then in Romans 9 he asks the question has the word of God failed? And he, he asks it by stating, but it's not as if the word of God has failed. And then what does he go on to say? For not all Israel is Israel. You didn't understand the promise. Let me define the promise for you. The promise was to all of the elect, not to all the physical ethnic Jews. Now, that's, that's difficult for people to unwrap, and they look at that as a doctrinal passage. But really what he's doing is coming in and comforting the church, saying, I know it seems like God failed to keep his promises to the Jews, but he didn't. He has kept them, and here's why. And so you can trust that his promises to you are good as well. You guys follow me on that? So he's un- unraveling a problem for that. God is not responsible for evil, even though he is the first cause of every act. And thought. The first cause of all of it. Um, and if you think something like Acts twenty two, twenty three, here's the greatest example. God was um, delivered up according to the death of the plan of God. I mean, Jesus was delivered up according to the death of plan of God, right? By the hands of lawless men. You get both of these things coming in, right? God delivered him up in that sense, but he was killed by who? Lawless men. And so we'll get into that more when we get into the providence of God. Um, the, the bottom line is, how can it be true that he can, when you ask that question, that we're responsible for the sin even though he decrees it? right um, I, I don't I don't exactly know how to work all that out I know how to give you an intellectual answer which we'll talk about in, when we talk about the providence of God but at the end of the day it's not going to be deeply satisfying I hate to break it to you it's just not going to be um, so if we just can't forget this God does whatever he pleases he's God and I'm not and he does whatever he pleases Psalm 115 3 says that um so we, we just can't get forget that. Daniel four thirty five, Nebuchadnezzar says, God does whatever he pleases. Nebuchadnezzar doesn't even sit around and ask, Why did you make me crazy? He sort of figures it out, right? But in that sense, but that's a pretty rough gig, right? To be made crazy to get the lesson. Um He just says God does whatever he pleases, and I think we have to be okay with that. You at some point you have to decide he's God, I'm not, and he does what he pleases. Exactly. Right? I don't always have to understand it. Um but it's probably not the first thing you bring out when somebody's just had their child killed. Well, God does whatever he pleases. Right? <laughs> Chew on that one this week. Okay? That's just not the way to approach it. Um, you can tell people God knows what he's doing. Right? He loves you. and Okay. So, all right. Let me pray. Father, thankful for you and it's time to get together and get in your word, some and talk about your will. Pray that you would help us to be people who rest in your sovereign hands and trust you in all that you do, and Father, you help us be people who walk according to the will that you have you clearly revealed to us, that we would walk in wisdom, that we would walk according to your commands, that we would be holy as your Son is holy, and as you are holy, that you would do that work in us by the power of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, guys, We don't. I'll, I'll get you a calendar. We don't meet next week, obviously, um, so I'll get you a calendar beyond that. Okay? We'll be here. But yeah, nobody will. It's like it's like a day, a couple of days after we'll Christmas. Just put
2: the calendar on the thing. Everybody. Yeah, no, no,
0: that's what I'm saying. I'll put it up on CCB on the Church Community Builder. So if you're not on our Church Community Builder thing, make sure Jay has your information so you can be. Brian, do yeah, you, did you even the is the logging log in into the website?